Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Your 20s. For this episode, I'm joined by my dear friend and host of the Gray Area Podcast, David Babayan. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. I am so excited to have you. This has been a conversation that's been coming for a while and I'm excited to get started. Okay, so one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today is bad habits. And something that I've really been struggling with recently is sleep. I do not have a good sleep routine. I have horrible sleep hygiene. And the biggest thing that I struggle with is going to bed at a consistent time. It is a horrible habit, but because I don't have this consistent sleep schedule and because I am using my phone right before bed, I'm finding that my sleep quality is horrible. I'm often waking up feeling exhausted at times. And I really want to get this in check. And I'm recognizing that it's my fault, right? Like this is something that I can take ownership of, but it sucked recently. And this morning I had a wake up call where I was like, I got eight hours, but it was not a good eight hours. And I'm frustrated about it. Yes. I think that's a bad habit because we don't prioritize it. And it's not only that we don't prioritize it. One of the dangerous things is that it compounds, right? One bad night of sleep might lead to a bad day of productivity the next day, and it continues a bad cycle. For me, one of the bad habits that I've had is I've been back to my scrolling habits and not really gaining anything from that time and just adding to the endless cycle of unproductivity. And you deleted social media, right? So I would think that would decrease your screen time at least a bit. Yes, I think it decreases it a little bit. But one of the things I'm realizing is even if you delete something off of your phone, it's all about what you replace it with. So if you're just going to spend the same amount of time on a slightly better app, you know, scrolling on those apps when you could be doing other better things is a waste of time, despite the fact that it might be relatively better. What's so interesting is we get into these cycles of bad habits and it's hard to break out of them. I think it takes 30 days to develop Mm -hmm. a habit, right, to get in that routine. But when you're already in one, it's hard to break out of it. And what I'm finding so interesting is, and what we want to talk about today is taking responsibility over those bad habits because oftentimes we've created them. So I think what I've been trying to do recently is look at how I'm spending my time and think about, you know, I'm going about this day. Was it a productive day? Was it a fulfilling day? How am I feeling mental health wise throughout the day based on what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. And I'm noticing that a lot of these bad habits are giving me these quick dopamine hits, but I'm not having a good time overall from them. I'm just wasting time. Right. And one thing that you said that I think needs highlighting is the reflection. You know, what did I do right today? What did I do wrong? What can I do better tomorrow? The question a lot of people need to ask is how often are we reflecting? I know I don't reflect as much as I would like to, but it's so helpful to think about all of the small habits that we've built and whether or not they serve us. I wanted to ask you, because we've talked about this, you know, not while we're recording, but you are a big proponent of spending time alone Mm -hmm. and doing intentional activities alone. So can you talk about that? Like, how has that been for you? Because that's a recent development, right? That is a recent development. I think it's something that I've always wanted to do, but it's not something that I ever gave myself license to do, or at least do it to the extent that makes me happy and fulfilled. I think I'm one of those people who is an extrovert most of the time, but definitely needs time alone. And it's tough to prioritize that time alone when you're constantly around people and people want more and more of your time. But I found that I can't really give them the best that I have to offer if I'm fatigued. So I recharge best when I'm alone. I like to go on walks. I like to listen to podcasts. I like to read. I like to do things that recharge me. And that usually doesn't happen unless I am proactive about making it happen. So that's something that I've been very conscious about implementing into my day or maybe once a week, twice a week, but doing whatever it takes to make sure that I can be my best self. And so that when I do 
go back and interact with my friends, when I go try to do things that really fulfill me and try to achieve some of the ambitious goals that I have, that I can actually go about doing them in the best way possible and the most efficient way possible. And everyone's different in the way that they recharge. If you can understand that and be proactive about going about that process, then it'll make you so much better. So I think what's difficult is when you're analyzing the way that you're spending your time, what are you going to prioritize? I saw a recent TED talk that I loved and the speaker was talking about, you know, the different categories that we have in our day. We have our interpersonal relationships, we have our work, we have our pleasure, like our play, you know, all the things that we're interested in, our extracurriculars. And then we have these things that we have to do, right? We have sleep, you have to eat, all these different things. And the question is, what are you going to prioritize? And I think a lot of what comes into this personal responsibility is what are your goals and ambitions and what are you going to put above other things? Because you're not going to be able to do everything at 100%. I completely agree with that. One of the podcasters that I really enjoy, I think uh, you watched a video of his, Chris Williamson. He has this great point about choosing your regrets. And what that means is before you embark on a goal, you should understand what it is that you're going to sacrifice. I like that. And I'm thinking about choosing your own regrets. And one thing that it reminds me of is in psych, we talk about your internal versus external locus of control. So if you have an external locus of control, it might be the saying, everything happens for a reason, or maybe you believe there's a higher power who is dictating everything that's going on in your life. And an internal locus of control is taking more responsibility over the things that happen in your life. So you are choosing your regrets, right? Or you are choosing how you're going to spend your time. You can take accountability when something doesn't go your way because maybe you were the result of it. So I think that's so important, right? I totally agree. I think the concept of internal and external locus of control is so interesting. And it's something that we have to balance because to a certain extent, we do have some control over what happens in our life. We can choose the people that we surround ourselves with. We choose the habits that we embark and the time that we're going to divide among our various activities. But to a certain extent, there are some things outside of us that we can't control but do inevitably affect us. And I think it's all about understanding how those two things intersect and to make sure that we have a good perspective toward that inevitable collision between the things that we can control and things that we can't control. Yeah, I mean, that's a good challenge, too. Sometimes you can't control circumstances. I don't want to, you know, have this overarching statement that everything in life is within your control. Sometimes there's socioeconomic difficulties. Sometimes you're taking care of a sick family member. There are these unexpected difficulties that can come up that maybe change your ability to take responsibility over these habits in your life. I agree. It's funny we talk about this because just last night I was watching a Formula One race with my roommate and he's not a big fan of Formula One. So I was explaining everything to him and all of a sudden the lights go out and the cars are going. It's lap one. They're going into the first corner. And then one of the Ferrari drivers, he just spins out because someone hit him from behind and it was completely out of his control. But he was left on the sand and his race was over. His day was over. He must have spent weeks and weeks preparing for this race and was so excited. His adrenaline is probably through the roof to get ready for this race. And and all of a sudden, 10 seconds into it, he's out. And my roommate could not fathom the fact that somebody, because of reasons completely outside of their control, was done with the race. But that's life. I think that's a good metaphor for life. Sometimes, and I'm not saying all the time, sometimes some external things are going to affect you to such an extent that you know, you're not going to be able to bring your best self and you're not going to be able to metaphorically finish the race. And that's okay. You know, the Ferrari driver got out of his car. He probably went back to the locker room and started thinking about the next race. And that's the right mentality to have. Sometimes things will affect you, but it's all about the lessons you draw from that and then how you're going to move on and what mentality you're going to bring to the next metaphorical race. That is such a good example. And from that, I'm thinking about maybe reframing the internal locus of control is having an internal locus of control. So taking personal 
personal accountability and responsibility while simultaneously being self-aware of what you can and can't control in your life. So you want to take accountability based on, you know, maybe your sleep and maybe your hygiene and your nutrition. But maybe when you get slammed with a really tough work week out of nowhere because your boss is on sick leave or something, maybe accepting that situation is going to maybe take precedence over a lot of your goals and adapting based on that could be important. Right. And it's so important to understand what you can control in those situations where you do feel overwhelmed. And a lot of times, my high school soccer coach used to say this, you can control attitude and effort at all times. Although you can't control everything, try to control something. And once you figure that out, then you can start moving on and gaining momentum. But if you, uh, you know, throw up your hands and say, woe is me, then you're never going to get to a point where you feel any comfort within that uncomfortable situation. I love the woe is me comment too, because a lot of people fall into that. And sometimes it's difficult not to when you're having a really crappy week, or maybe there's just been one too many things that happened to you and you're feeling very defeated. I understand how you could fall into that mentality where the world is against me and nothing is going my way. I'm so upset. And I think what's so important there is taking a second to validate your own emotions because that sucks. And maybe you have your support systems you can reach out to just to vent and they can be there to listen. And then once you process those emotions, it's time to start thinking about what you can actionably do today to start moving past that. That's a great point. I think a lot of people try to push those feelings away, but that's a really unhealthy way to cope with those feelings. I think processing them, taking some time, and then restarting. We talked earlier about bringing your full self to the activities that you engage in. That's one of the ways of doing it, is understanding when you're not going to be your best self because the circumstances around you are so overwhelming. And it's okay to take some time off. And it's okay to understand that right now you might not be in the best mental state to keep moving forward, but eventually you will be. And you need to understand what it takes to get back to that place. Maybe it is talking with your friends. Maybe it is spending some time alone, or maybe it's spending time reflecting and writing and reading and doing things that recharge you so that when you do get back, you know, you're ready to bring it all. 